Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan, three movies, Morris. Okay. Wow. Wow. This is exciting, Jordan. This is exciting. What is this? Uh, Star Wars? There's a lot more of them now. I, There's more than three What Star happened Wars. is I tried to think of a tight group of movies that came in three, but the only one I could come up with is Star Wars. And the problem is they originally made three, but there's since been many more. Jesse, you're forgetting about the Ewok adventure. Uh, the fourth how, Star Wars, what everyone considers to be the fourth Star Wars. How could I have forgotten the two full-length Ewok movies? <laughs> um, yeah, what are the... Yeah, I guess every trilogy has... has, has oh, I guess Back to the Future. Maybe Back to the Future is the only thing that stayed a trilogy. Yeah. Anyway. That seems... It's, they're not... What, what could you do with it? Uh, you know what I mean? They're, they're settled. Sure. Back to the Future. World War II, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of mess with the tone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what is this three movies talk? Well, uh, I just, I'm just, I, I have seen, since movie theaters have been uh, open again, I have now seen three movies in theaters. Holy shit. Yeah. In movie theaters. In movie theaters. Three of them. What movies are we talking about? Number one. Okay, number one. Wrath of Star Man, Wars, starring Jason New Statham. <laughs> Wrath of Man. Yeah, we almost said we were gonna. They, they offered us Jason Statham on Bullseye, and Kevin, our producer, texted me. He's like, "Do you want to interview Jason Statham?" And I was like, "Fuck yes, I want to interview yeah, fucking sure. Jason Statham. Of course I do." But then he that that fucking uh, chicken shit chickened out. He can handle the rock's hard hits, but not your hard hitting questions. Exactly. He's like, I hear I'm these Jason I hear these Statham. questions are too tough, mate. Yeah. I need softballs. I'm really a fancy boy when it comes to questions, mate. Yeah. I need I need Jimmy Kimmel's softballs. I can't I can't handle I can't handle Jesse's hard hits. Mate. Is that what it was like? Yeah, I mean it was an email, so it lost a little bit of the tone. But did he leave off the H's? <laughs> I can't handle it. Yeah. He left off most of the H's in the email. He gets too raw and real. He get, It's too real. I can't get that real, mate. Yeah. That's what that's what he emailed. I mean, it was honestly, I thought it was unusual that he emailed me directly. Yeah. <laughs> um, he could have just said. But they talked about you in, in like you weren't there. <laughs> Yeah, I, he could have just said this to his publicist. His publicist could have just politely declined. Right. But he chickened out, man. Coward. He also sang a whole song about how lucky chimney sweeps are. Hmm. <laughs> like, just how you should, like, rub rub chimney sweeps for good luck? Yeah. I don't... He sang in the... E- this is still an email, right? <laughs> yeah. just want to make sure I'm following this. Yeah. <laughs> It was really, I mean, I don't even know how you write notes in an email, but he did it. You know, music notes, I mean, quarter uh, note, half note, so forth. So uh, so, I saw, so I saw Wrath of Man, which is like a current movie. I saw it in a current AMC. It was my first one back. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's the best movie I've ever seen. I don't think that's being colored by the right. fact that I hadn't been to a theater in more than a year. I think it is actually the best movie I've ever seen. I think I'm just going to go yeah. ahead and uh, 
you know, when people are talking about desert island movies, it's Wrath of Man for me, and then I don't know, Butch Cassidy or whatever, who cares? Um, yeah. The Stingers. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who knows? Oh, Battleship <laughs> Potemkin. I guess. <laughs> Being there. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> anyway. Wrath of Man, and then, uh, so that was that was very fun, and I'm like, well, you know, that was great, wonderful experience. I don't know if there's anything else out that I'm dying to see, but then uh, the only theater that is now open close to me is a second-run movie theater. That's the first thing that opened. So yeah. we're talking 250 tickets. Yeah. Filthy primary color carpet. Sure. Noticeable tears on the screen. Yeah, and, now we're talking. Yeah, screen tear, baby. Love a screen tear. So I went to see uh, both Ar- uh, Army of the Dead, which is a Netflix movie that was for some reason playing at the Second Run Movie Theater. and That's the one with our friend Tig Notaro in it, isn't it? Yeah, Tig's great. She flies a helicopter, uh, chomps on a cigarello. Terrific performance. Whoever thought... I Look, yeah. for many years, I have... I have been ambivalent at best about filmmaker Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. I know that people love his zombie movie, but I was scared to watch it. His other movies didn't seem like something I would like. But I will say this for Zack Snyder. It was a good idea to give Tig a cigarillo. Yeah, it was. It was. Because it's smaller than a cigar, but it's bigger than a cigarette, and you can really chomp on it. Movie three, Nobody. Featuring the dad from Little Women. Uh, I think he's playing yeah. the same character here. Yeah, sure. And so <laughs> I have now seen three modern action movies in theaters. And I, I calculated it today. I have heard over 400 ironic needle drops. <laughs> Between those three movies, I have heard over 400 kind of cheeky needle drops that kind of contrast with what's going on. Was it Bob Odenkirk movie Cheeky? I got the impression that it was uh, that it was raw and real. Yeah, the the violence is very raw and real, uh, but there's some, like, gags, and a lot of them are very funny, but it does lean real hard on, um, you know, building, exploding, while what a wonderful world plays. Does he ever yell, I live in a van down by the river? The famous, the famous Chris Farley famous Saturday Night. No, he, but he wrote. He, he wrote Bob write Odenkirk. He write it. Bob Odenkirk wrote, and originally performed it. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think once Chris Farley does it, you're not going to take it back. You know <laughs> what I sure. mean? Yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> he did. He did say. Uh, he did say, "I'm the ladies' man." Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. And you don't touch of the mango. <laughs> he stuck his hands in his armpits yeah, and then sniffed them. And he them. smelled them. Can I ask you a question about that? About Molly Shannon? That was that character, that Molly Shannon yeah. character, that was called Mary Catherine Gallagher, is that right? Yes. So I was about 15 when that happened. Yeah. When that was on television. And she would stick her hands into her armpit and sniff her fingers. Mm-hmm. That was that was what she did. Yeah. When I was 15, I thought that it was garbage. I was like, what is this garbage? Right. I thought to myself, where she puts her hands in her underarms and sniffs the fingers. Now, I haven't, I want to be clear, I have not watched it in 25 years, but now when I think back on it, I'm like, hmm, I believe that I was the fool 
for this, in retrospect, seems to have been perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think we've reflected a lot about our past mistakes on this show. I think we've yeah. talked at length about maybe we were too up our own ass to appreciate how great Hansen was at the height of their at the height of their powers. <laughs> yeah, for and sure. that we should have been attending Hansen concerts whenever we had the opportunity. And yeah, no, I think this is this I don't know. I don't know what my feelings about Mary Catherine Gallagher were at the time. I did. Oh, you know what? I always liked it when she fell into folding chairs. That's a good. Oh yeah, that is always fucking funny. Fucking rules. You know when the best to ever do it. You know when people say Chevy Chase is an asshole and he was never funny anyway. Do people say he was never funny anyway? Yeah, people say that. Oof, that's a that's a pretty hot take. People say that now. That's like a relatively new. That's yeah. a relatively new hot Chevy Chase. I would say in the past five to eight years. Like 10, 10 to 15 years ago, people started talking about what an asshole Chevy Chase is in real life. But then I think as uh, millennials came of age who had never watched Fletch sure, um, or the one season of Saturday Night Live that he was on where he did enough really hilarious shit to fill up an entire best of VHS cassette. Right. Um. Uh, I think that uh, I think that the new hot take is that he was never funny. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to – if Chevy Chase is canceled, it's probably for good reason because yeah. the man's, by all accounts, a dick. But I – you could you – could I'll watch that VHS tape of the stuff, the best stuff he did, fucking Land Shark. I'll watch that off Plumber Ma'am. I'll watch that forever. I was uh, – another another kind of post-vaccine thing I did recently is I went to a – I went to a barbecue uh, and, like, you know, socialized with barbecue people and I got I got cornered in a conversation with a guy who like wait, loud. Wait, pa- Jordan. Yeah. I know you're getting into a a, a great anecdote here, yeah. but you say you socialize with barbecue people. Yeah, barbecue types. You know, covered in sauce. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Smoky Joes. Yeah, they always have. Uh, yeah, always carrying around slices of watermelon. Munching on hot links. Yeah, every time you come in a door, they underhand you a beer. Barbecue people. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Go and ahead. I got trapped in a conversation with a guy who was loudly proclaiming that The Sopranos was a bad TV show. Whoa. And I'm like, oh, listen, dude. <laughs> I I get not liking it. I get that it's violent. I get that some of its uh, politics are kind of retrograde. But uh, bad. Uh, I'm like, fuck socializing. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Have to entertain some guy's hot takes. Jordan, anyway. we need to return to a world where prestige television meant that we saw Sipowitz's butt. Thank you. Thank you, yes. Because <laughs> it was after 10, safe harbor hours. <laughs> the last good TV show was L.A. Law. Oh, Let's boy. see Jimmy Smith's butt. Show us the butts. Yes. Male butts, male butts, male butts. Jimmy Smith's recently got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Good for him. Yeah. I'm glad he... You know, I'm glad he's got the $10,000. means he saved his money from NYPD Blue. And look, the man's never stopped working. And instead of putting his handprints in the uh, cement outside Grauman's, he did his butt. Oh, his famous butt from the show NYPD Blue. Right. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And in the middle, there's a little, the cement kind of poofs out a little bit where he farted. Oh, he shouldn't have had beans for lunch, George. (laughs) You know, Jimmy. (laughs) He went to Barney's Beanery. It's right there. It is, yeah. 
Our guest on the program this week is a gifted comics writer and drawer, which is the industry term. Uh, he's the creator of the Delilah Dirk series. He is the uh, artist behind the smash hit upcoming graphic novel, Bubble. Tony Cliff. Hi, Tony. I'm excited for that Bubble book. I've seen some of it. It looks nice. Yeah, looking good. Um, Jordan, Jordan, this feels like going to the movie theater post-pandemic feels like like the most extreme move you could make. Like you've never tasted a hot pepper and you go and say, someone show me a hot pepper. And they, they say, maybe you should start out with this. And you say, no, I want the ghost pepper or the scotch bonnet or something. Yeah. How, about That's a nice, what I want. how about a nice bell pepper? No, I say. <laughs> I think, Tony, the specific... The specific here that is most relevant is that not only is Jordan going to the movie theater, which, you know, that's jumping in with both feet to post-pandemic life. Honestly, I admire it. If my lifestyle accommodated movie theater going, I'd be there in a heartbeat. It's more to me that Jordan has jumped straight into second-run movie theater. (laughs) That is a a disease-ridden venue in the best of circumstances. (laughs) Like you, Jordan, you're safe from coronavirus, thanks thanks to your inoculation, uh, but you will get chlamydia from the sea. <laughs> <laughs> what did they show a Netflix movie on? Did they just hook an Apple TV up to the projector or something? <laughs> yeah, and I could see I could see the person's eye messages coming in. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> just on a Roku. <laughs> They're just Chromecast in somebody's laptop. <laughs> Why are all the previews for WorldStarHipHop.com? <laughs> <laughs> and then you, did you talk to a stranger about The Sopranos? Uh, this was like a this was like this was like general barbecue conversation. So this was like a friend of a friend. Yeah, it was just like just a, it was a big green egg. Sorry, <laughs> I I thought. <laughs> Boy, pandemic has changed you. Um, I, I thought you meant a barbecue joint where there oh, were other people. But no, you it's meant like, like a, a barbecue yeah, it's like event. A, it's a backyard, something for somebody's birthday, yes. Yeah, oh, this okay. is like where somebody's somebody's cooking on a grill, Ice Cube is there. Um, that's pretty much the top <laughs> barbecue guy, right? Ice Cube? Yeah, that'd be great. It was at a barbecue where we met somebody, my partner and I met somebody, uh, and th- Zack Snyder's 300 had just come out, and this... This friend of a friend was like, 300 is no good. And we were like, great, we don't need to be friends with you. Is that your number one litmus test? The position uh, on three, th- the movie three. At the time, at the time, we might have seen it the previous day and enjoyed it greatly. I apologize for nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's... Hey, this is the guy, you're talking, you're talking about the guy who gave Tig a cigarillo. I'm on board. Yeah, he makes smart calls. <laughs> Um, Tony, uh, speaking of speaking of huge life changes, uh, let's hear about that baby. Let's hear about that new baby. You're a mm, you're a you're a, a rec- you're a recent dad. Um, Gugu Gaga. Is this, is this kid is this kid saying the darndest things? Because we love those stories. We love it. Ooh, baby one, Baba. <laughs> so Jordan, you and I were talking about. So we've been doing some podcasts and stuff, and going on podcasts recently to talk about bubble and promote bubble um and i sent you a message after one of them i'm like i'm like oh it's really <laughs> it's really hard having sincere conversations about 
about anything. Like on my my podcast diet, and because I I work in comics, I get to listen to podcasts for fifty hours a week. My podcast diet, and also the the type of of socializing I do, is usually just casual bullshit where nobody ever says a serious word about anything. So we were talking about bubble and everything, and people would ask you a question, and be like, hmm. I should probably answer that seriously or or like give that a, some genuine consideration and then reply <laughs> with honesty and integrity yeah. to that to that very human question that you've asked me um because you know it, like in good faith we should have a good faith interaction between humans Tony um, I I just want to offer you if you just want to say caca and the dighty that's all right too I mean <laughs> boy I really did well, I mean, you, it, you asked about the baby. I'm like, guys, there's a video I have on my phone of the baby, and he's just, like, squealing and, like, making baby sounds and singing baby songs, and it's the sweetest thing ever, and I just I want to I want to watch it over and over and die. Um, <laughs> but that's not, like... <laughs> that wouldn't be mean, good for know. the baby, Tony. <laughs> there you go. He needs... The baby needs you. The baby needs you. Tony, I mean, baby like... need Dada. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, are you... Baby? <laughs> yeah, this... me, baby. All right. Me need Dada. Uh, but to, Tony I... Thick. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, I know what you mean, though. It is. It is so. Yes. It is. It is. It is. It goes against my nature to earnestly plug something, let alone talk about the process of creating it. It is not. Uh, yes, it, it's the most unnatural thing I've ever done. It feels I always feel like I'm I just got done with a haircut and I'm covered in hair. Where do you <laughs> get your ideas? Oh, but <laughs> uh, uh, from my butt. Uh, <laughs> and I oh no, Jordy need die die them out. <laughs> See oh. now you say that, and I I was legitimately wondering like Jesse Thorne, Jesse Thorne, you know about asking respected artists real questions about their creative practice and that sort of thing. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that question. What inspires you? Mm. Like the honest answer is like, who fucking knows? I don't know. Yeah, like you see a a funny name for a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what a weird sandwich name. <laughs> you write it in a little book. The difference between I think the difference between an artist and a person who who pretends to be an artist aspires to be an artist is that a real artist remembers to have a pen right with them <laughs> so that when they see a funny sandwich name they can write it down i think like <laughs> if, if fucking andy warhol the difference between andy warhol and like my kid could do that is your kid doesn't carry a pen and when they see a a subway station in a foreign city that has a funny name they see Cockfosters. Andy Warhol would write that shit down for later in case in case he wanted to do something with it. Can I try? Can I just test something out here? Because I think Tony, you're right. I think that this is gonna like keep coming up, and you will get those kind of like vague, kind of like heady questions. Where do you get your ideas? So just, I think I have. A, I think I got a great answer that's gonna kill. So ask me, you know, where I get my ideas. Jordan, Jordan, where do you where do you get your ideas? Oh, uh, they're whispered to me on the wind. <laughs> and then I just don't explain it. I just don't yeah. explain it. And the people are like, wow, that fucking guy, he's really, he, he listens. Troubled. 
He's really, yeah. yeah, he's really full of shit. <laughs> Just gotta take take the time out and really listen listen to the wind. Listen to the wind. God. Mm-hmm. I would I would hate to take the time out. <laughs> You're listening to the wrong wind. I mean, talk about feeling like you just got a haircut and there's hair all over you. My worst nightmare is to have time to really sit with myself, think about what's important, and then create. Yeah. It sounds horrible to me. You should create it. You should create in a panic mm. because your health insurance is about to run out. <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> this is this is creativity. This yes. is art. You're in. You're on some sort of points-based health insurance. You haven't gotten me. <laughs> you can. You know when it's gonna run out. So frantically start creating so you can keep your health insurance. This is my process. How do you think Picasso, <laughs> Pablo Picasso, the greatest visual artist of the 20th century, or certainly the most celebrated? How do you think he thought of having a, a period where all his paintings were blue? I don't know. He's just like, my fucking points are running out. What's my thing? What's my new thing? I can't just draw squares anymore. <laughs> fucking, I don't know. Uh, Look at that. Guitar, but weird. Guitar, but weird. <laughs> you would, And then you would say something. You'd say something like, well, the blue paints were on sale. But then some historian will come along half an hour later and say, well, you know, actually, at the time, blue pigments were considerably less expensive than red or orange or many of the warmer colors. Fucking buzzkill yeah. historians. But what happened is he went to the fucking sub sub sandwich store and he ordered uh, just an Italian beef, but it came with blue cheese. He was like, this is hella good. Oh, blue. That's a good color. <laughs> Fuck it. I'll run with that. <laughs> Wait, Je- Jesse, is this, is this funny sandwich name example based on something? I kind of just went with it, but I genuinely don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I think it's the classic. I think it's the classic example of where you're at, of where ideas come from. I think everyone can relate to seeing a sandwich with an unusual name and that's where art comes from i think i mean everybody said i mean if you've ever watched an episode of dick cavett everybody talks about seeing a funny sandwich name i think uh i tried to eat a muffaletta once and i just couldn't stop giggling yeah, yeah exactly you eat a muffaletta all of a sudden you're creating the sopranos yeah <laughs> that's a, that's how he got the idea <laughs> what yeah. if a bunch of guys said a bunch of stuff like this <laughs> today i ate a sandwich that's called the sandwich no this is the one is it the one Bold. in pasadena not to not to uh, uh steer the conversation back to pasadena as we so often have been doing these past i'm just ten glad months. we can finally talk about pasadena yeah there's this delicatessen in Pasadena called Roma Market. Oh, yeah. And in this delicatessen, there's a stooped old man who Mm. (laughs) arrives at 5 o'clock in the morning to make a pile of pink butcher paper wrapped sandwiches, all of which are identical. They will not make you, as far as I know, a different sandwich. Uh, And they just stack them by the counter, and you just go say, can I have three? Yeah, I have also had this sandwich. It's very good. It really delivers. When I went in, so, you know, you kind of have to snake around this deli in the line to get it. And, you know, I was kind of like, as I was going in, I was kind of like wondering about like, I wonder how authentic this is. Like, is this thing like a gimmick? Is this kind of like a hipster like riff on the deli? I went in and the old man was sitting at a table playing solitaire and I'm like, nope, this is this is fucking legit. <laughs> this is 
as the Sopranos-y a thing that has ever happened to me, a man who has been to New Jersey for eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I, it really is real. It was, it's so real that I found myself extending the courtesy of the presumption of realness to neighboring businesses to where like because right next door there's one of those places it's like a fish market but you can also have them fry up the fish for you right and they'll fry up chicken wings for you as well and i have not eaten there but in my mind that is like a great place because it's next to the italian deli where you go just go in and order a sandwich off of a pile of sandwiches right but it also, in my mind, extends to the big lots across the street. Like, I feel like that is yeah, a really... Right. This is a first-generation big lots. Yeah. <laughs> Grandma's like in the back. Really, you can really get some oboises in there that you can't get anywhere else. Right. <laughs> this, the expired fiddle-faddle is so authentic. Oh. Uh, Tony, yes. do you have a belo- do you, uh, where you are? Do you have a beloved local sandwich? Um, we have a we have a bakery near us that's famous for its apple fritters. Oh, oh that sounds great. Where, Tony? Where are you for for our audience at home and me? Uh, I am in a suburb of Vancouver, British Columbia. Beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. Sure. Uh, I live in a small town called Ladner, where we have a little bakery called the Delta Bakery, which is also it's authentic in that in that other way where. Just whenever you go in there, you accidentally see somebody's dick. You're like, what, what huh. is sort of that second run movie theater way? <laughs> tell me, tell me more about these sandwiches you make. Yeah, um. I think I, 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 I am. I am hoping to make going to the second run movie theater a, a tradition. I mean, for two fifty a ticket, how could you not? And I think. If I do this, at some point I will see a dick or a ball. Yes. And it won't be like, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about uh, uh, people doing this on purpose. Right. This is, I'm someone, talking about yeah. like an old man who forgot to do something to his pants <laughs> that contains <laughs> his. Yes. This is like, someone... I don't know what it would be. It's not just zipper down or something. It's like something is wrong. The belt missed a loop, and f- that led to a ball being visible. Right. Uh, uh, um, Warm-up shorts that are too short. Yeah. This is maybe, and also maybe kind of <laughs> doesn't have a lot of feeling in the dicker ball, so you don't know <laughs> yes. when it's touching a filthy yeah. seat. <laughs> like, late, so late how... in my dad's life, he would forget... That his foot was had a diabetic problem on the right. bottom of it because the nerves were dead, but he had like a wound on his foot. But he would walk around on it because he had forgotten that he had that he had hurt it, like that. But with balls coming out of shorts. Hmm. My dad was a classic doesn't know robe is kind of open guy. <laughs> <laughs> My dad really, uh, really did not take care when tying the robe. Give, give us an impression of, of how how busy is it in the second run theater? How many other people are there? Uh, when I saw Army of the Dead, there were, I was one of five. How many bathrobes are we talking <laughs> Seven, weirdly. <laughs> Uh, and when I saw nobody, uh, it was like, there was like 10 people and everybody was fucking rowdy too. People were like applauding and like (laughs) laughing and just like kind of talking at kind of medium volume to whoever they were with. 
I cannot wait <laughs> to see Fast 9 at this place three times. <laughs> yeah. That sounds... I mean, I've talked at length about the Highland Theater near my house, which is my favorite theater where there's a nine-year-old at any movie. Sure. A six-year-old at any movie. It doesn't... You go see nobody at the Highland Theater. It's like a... It might as well be like a bounce house. <laughs> yeah. I do not... Listen, I don't know that I want to see... Minari in under these circumstances, <laughs> but I absolutely want to see Fast Nine and maybe that Jungle Cruise movie. Yeah, uh, wait, to- the Jungle Cruise movie and that trailer—that's like this is gonna be another one of those like I don't know Disney ride movies or something. But it's got then it's it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson and it's Emily Blunt. It's like, all right, well, yeah, I I will transport myself there instantaneously. Yeah, I will happily eat that Scott bonnet. Yeah. Thank you. Munch, munch. If, in general, I think The Rock has a pretty good track record. He's maybe, you know, he's maybe overextending himself a little bit. He's had some stinkers. But in general, if it's a movie where he's wearing khaki shorts, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Sure. sure. Wait, Tony, I want to hear more about the fritter because I think, as I've been evaluating this, and I think yeah, an apple fritter might be my favorite food. Oh, not only is, I agree, I agree. I think it is one of the yeah. best foods that you can have. Um, the best one I ever had was driving north on the I-5. It was in Northern California, I think north of San Francisco, and I got one from a Safeway um, <laughs> that was that, from a Safeway after I'd stayed at an Airbnb where you're in somebody's bedroom. Like they just have yeah. a spare bedroom that they rent out. And on the oh. stairway, their stairway up to, the, you know, the bedrooms upstairs is just lined with framed photos of the married couple and their family. But they all look like, like they're all too close together and they all look like they're trying too hard to make sure you definitely know that they're in love. Uh, and all of the houses in this little town look the same. Anyway, Safeway, apple fritter. I got it. It was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just like... I- Gotta get back on the road. I gotta go. I'm getting weird vibes. There's this big lots I've been meaning to visit. <laughs> Thank you for your offer of of, of your, your kale smoothie on the way out. I don't... I'm just gonna go to Safeway. I'm, I didn't tell you that. I'm just going. Bye. Um, but the fritter was, like, saturated with whatever they fry these things in. Right. Fritter juice. <laughs> fritter juice. Fritter butter. And do you want this thing all the time? No, but, um, well, maybe. I mean, but sometimes, some days, you're, <laughs> you, you are planning to drive, you know, a thousand kilometers or 1,500 miles. I don't know how it works out. Thank you for converting it for us. I did not understand the story until you converted it into miles. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, and you just want something. <laughs> just, it was so good. It was so good, and it was so rich, and it was so awful, but it was amazing. Love it. Um, apple fritters. It was just in a bin, like you had to reach, you had to like lift up a plastic bin to get it with like tongs? Well, theoretically, you're supposed to use tongs, but the pro move is to just like put the bag around your hand and just grab that right out of yeah. there. I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not wasting time with tongs. Uh, guys? Yes, Jesse? <laughs> I just got an email from uh, Jason Statham. It says, you've got to pick a pocket or two. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I don't know what that's from. It's from Oliver. Oh, okay. 
I don't know why he would be singing Oliver in this email, but he was. No, have you ever seen Jason Statham in person? No, I bet he's got a powerful presence, though. Uh, I, I, ha- I have. I, I, um, he was, he was, uh, I guess he's kind of at a second height right now, but I think he was at his initial height back when I was, like, doing, uh, like, press junkets. I had my press junket job, and I, so I, <laughs> I sat with Statham quite a few times, and uh, uh, found him, found him curt, um, but but he but he but engaged. He was he was there. He listens. See, I was I was going to say I we walked past him one time in at San Diego Comic Con. I was like, oh, he's quite short. So when you said. <laughs> when you said what you know at his second height and his first height, I'm like, oh, did they make Jason Statham taller at some point? <laughs> right. Yes. Statham 2.0. <laughs> it's closer to six <laughs> feet. Statham 1.057.58. They just cranked them up a little. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Tony, you're a you're you're a man who mm, questionable. Yeah, you you've been to cons. You not only for your your San Diego Comic Cons, but you are also a guy who will like go to more like comics focused, comicsy comics zine like zine based Comic Cons. I think the first time we met was in an L.A. one of these that was like in a high school gym. Oh yeah, the uh, Comic Arts L.A. Yeah, uh, what? Do you do you prefer one to the other? Do you prefer the that sort of thing to the giant, you know, cosplay parties? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like a decent cosplay party? Sure. Um, I mean, the thing, like, if you've been to San Diego Comic Con, the only thing to understand is that nothing compares to San Diego Comic Con, basically, and maybe New York Comic Con. Like, like San Diego Comic Con is its own. It's a, its own thing. I do really like um, uh, comics arts festivals. Is you like they usually call themselves a comic art festival, right? And the thing will be, it's free admission, so you, so people just come in off the street. And the nice thing about that is, you, well, one, you get to introduce people to, you get to say, here's my book. Let me tell you about my book. And maybe they've read a comic before, and maybe they have never read a comic before. Um, but also, you get way, way fewer people coming by. Just like, you got some free stuff. You got some stickers. You got some some swag. You got some inflatable things. Just give me some free stuff. Right. Um, there's much less of that. I'm killing time before I meet the cast of Supernatural. Yeah, right. I have to go wait in a line to <laughs> to sit in the same room as famous people, where they will be smaller than when I am watching the same thing simulcast on the phone in front of my face. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah. A special privilege. But I I really enjoyed that um high school gym comics arts festival. I thought that was I thought that was a lot of fun and I feel like I like engaged people and I still like have the comics that I bought at that and I can kind of like remember getting it from the person. It was a really fun experience. Yeah, I I mean like those 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 sorts of things are fantastic. Um Comics Arts LA uh takes place or took place was taking place in December. Um, in where was that? Uh, where was that last one? Oh boy, where was it? It, it was like in. Uh, was that in Glendale? Yeah, I think Glendale sounds about what was right. Was that? Was that like a Glendale or? Yeah, it's kind of like a Glendale. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking like a Pomona or. 
No, it's not Pomona. <laughs> Come on, Pomona. Jeez, Louise. Studio City something. Yeah. I love visiting L.A. because I get to see all the place names that I've recognized from Bugs Bunny cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the appeal of Los Angeles. Why do you think we live here? Right. You know, house costs a million dollars, but got those Bugs Bunny places. <laughs> that's why so many people live in Kalamazoo. Right. <laughs> And Walla Walla. Isn't that always where Bugs Bunny was going? That's where he always got lost on the way to? <laughs> Should have turned left at Albuquerque. Al- yeah, left at Albuquerque. Yeah, I think I remember a I remember a Bugs Bunny cartoon that involved a horse. And the horse was surprised to be somewhere. And the horse said, this can't be Santa Anita. And like as a kid, I did not know what that meant. But then, I, as an adult, I know that Santa Anita has a racetrack, and I'm like, oh, now I know what that horse was talking about. <laughs> yeah, this is, this horse is uh, trying to get to the racetrack so it can run as fast as it possibly can in terror for 30 seconds, then break its leg and be shot. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the dream. That's the dream when you're a horse. You're one of those muscle twitch horses. Uh, Jesse, if your kids, do your kids have any interest in those classic Looney Tunes? You know, my kids are not, look, I can't claim to be raising <laughs> three little Kalins when it comes to my children's interest in uh, classic cartoons, but I have gotten them to watch those uh, those Looney Tunes cartoons, especially now that they're all on streaming and they're pretty accessible and they mark which ones are the most racist. Um, you can really get at the, you know, I killed the wabbit. Oh, yeah. And... Sure. Um, you know, you know why those are so uh, revered in the uh, annals of entertainment history. Actually, very funny. Yeah, they're basically some of the funniest yeah. shit ever. They're super funny. <laughs> <laughs> they're so fucking funny. You know what was a a reference? I here here's something you do when you're when you're doing development projects. You have to pitch tone comps. You have to pitch. So when you're saying it's like this, and one that I was thinking of adding to something was those cartoons where Goofy learns to do something. Uh, oh, yeah. And I had not watched one of those in a while, but discovered that they were all on Disney+. Plus. Fuck, man. Goofy learning to do something while a record plays and explains it to him is great. That is all killer, yeah. no filler, fucking hilarious from there's only minute like one to minute two, four. There's only like two good things about that entire set of characters. Like Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy, all of these classic Disney characters, almost everything about them is a total zero. <laughs> but, but like, I mean, even the good things, like uh, Donald Duck is pretty good when he gets, when he really starts yelling about something. Yeah, and when he forces his nephews to smoke cigars. But I mean, <laughs> Daffy Duck is better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's true. It is great. You're like, not lying. Wah, wah, wah. Like, that is great. Wait, sorry. You know? I think your mic come, cut out. What is great? I think Zoom has got a problem. Yeah. So, Jesse, can you just keep doing that? Because I, I my mic is not cutting out. I just wanted to hear you do that. Sorry. <laughs> I know Brian's panicking that the sound is wrong. I was just trying to trick Jesse into doing the Donald Duck voice but like longer. that's great but but daffy duck is better right yeah daffy but fucking better. goofy learning to do some shit that's great Learn. there's no, i have no notes ski goofy. dive <laughs> exercise yes. uh, camp camping right hooking up a hi-fi yes i mean 
Here's the thing, Jordan. Yeah. I'll tell you something about Goofy. What? Appropriately named. This guy's a goofball. Sure is. <laughs> sure This is. guy's tripping over his own toes. Sure. But a charmer. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion. In my opinion. I find him to be a charmer. And he will soon, uh, at one point, grow up to have a son and make a movie with him that will appeal to young millennials. Yeah. And he'll be coded as African-American. Sure. That's Goofy for you. Goofy. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> I'm friends with Goofy, by the way. That's why I get to call him that. Oh, nice. <laughs> you guys go to high school together? <laughs> uh, uh, no, grad school, actually. Oh. You guys yeah. both got your doctorates? <laughs> yeah. In, in skiing? <laughs> yeah. Well, we did a, we did a postdoc together, but yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did the kid did cosmetic your, dentistry weirdly? Did the kids think that the Looney Tunes cartoons were funny, or 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 did you like have to convince them that they were? No, 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 no. They absolutely think they're funny. Uh, they hold up really well. I mean, like I said, except for the racism and the fact that like seventy five percent of them are parodies of things that were long forgotten by the time <laughs> I was seven. Right. Um, yeah, you, you play a game of spot the uh, Hollywood movie star cameo. Yeah, like, oh, this is a parody of the Andrews sisters, huh? <laughs> right, yeah, I guess... Well, the, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I'm like, oh, looking back, I guess that was Mae West he was doing an impression of. <laughs> yeah, oh, so the plot of this is basically the Heffernan quintuplets? <laughs> Fair enough. Sure. Hilarious at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, outside of the, you know, there's some racism in there um, and a few problematic things here and there. But um, in general, the kids really like them. I mean, I have not. It, our friend Elliot Kalin has brainwashed his children into only watching things that Elliot wants to watch, which is basically just Marx Brothers movies, including <laughs> the bad ones. But the thing about Elliot is he's starting to lose his grip and it's really vexing him. You know, pretty soon Sammy Kalen is going to be at the movie theater by himself, having walked there after stealing money out of his mom's purse. He's going to be watching the Paw Patrol movie. Mm. <laughs> but I never had a grasp on my children. My daughter has watched every, every Beethoven movie. Every single Beethoven movie. And then she said to me, tonight at dinner, she said to me, Daddy, is an American Tale good? And I said, yes, actually, an American Tale is very good. Uh, I think you really might like it. There's some pretty intense parts, but I think it's a very good movie. And um, I, I really, I found, I really loved it when I was your age. And she said, good, because it has a lot of sequels, and I've been looking for a new movie to watch that has a lot of sequels. Okay, two questions. One, was your daughter devastated when Charles Grodin died? the second lead of beethoven how many sequels are there can i tell you there's like eight beethoven movies um and i have two things to say about the beethoven movies first of all i watched beethoven not that long ago i mean i half watched it i wasn't but i wasn't like committed to watching it but i was there and uh (laughs) fucking charles groden is fucking great in it and it's really not a bad movie I wouldn't call it a great movie, but Charles Grodin's great. It's got that dog. And I'll tell you this. I caught a few minutes of Beethoven 2 and 3 just moving in and out of the room. You know who was doing a great job? 
Judge Reinhold filling in for Charles Grodin, who <laughs> only did one Beethoven movie. Can I tell you something else my daughter said? Yeah. I was putting her to bed right before we came to record this podcast. She was in bed, and I was sitting in the chair next to her bed. I was just, you know, re- reading uh, sports news on my phone. And I was waiting for her to fall asleep. And my daughter will talk a lot before she starts actually getting tired enough to sleep. She'll talk about Beethoven sequels or whatever. She was talking about the movie Ghoulies, if it ever came out on Laserdisc. Anyway, so she's talking about this, and she finally, she kind of gets quiet, and I can see, like, I hear her breathing more rhythmically, you know, her breathing is slowing down, she's calming, I see her eyes kind of at half-mast, and I'm eyeing the door, because I'm thinking, I gotta get downstairs so I can record this podcast, I don't want to keep Tony Cliff waiting, and... She's getting closer and closer to sleep, and I think she's done. And then she sits bolt upright, locks eyes with me, and said, Dad, why is Pac-Man called that? (laughs) Wow. I thought she was going to scream, Tribbers 3 is a prequel. (laughs) 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 They go to the the Wild West. There's a graboid problem in the Old West. Different kinds of people have different brains. There are some questions that, as a father, you cannot prepare yourself for. Yeah. You want to know, (laughs) like, you read a book about the birds and the bees. Right. Where do we Uh, go when we die? Yeah. All these kinds of things you can kind of prep for. Uh, But it really takes... You know what they say? Any man can be a father. Right. But it takes a real man to know that the original Japanese name was Puckman, which evolved from the Japanese word Paku, meaning chomp. Did you <laughs> did you have that answer for her off the dome? No, I had I just I looked it up, you know, afterwards. <laughs> you know, I, I, at the, I at the time I was like, I don't know, he eats ghosts. Does that help? You know, I I, I jokingly mentioned kids asking about where we go when we die, but also. Pac-Man asks some interesting questions about the afterlife. Yeah, it really does. It really does. That's something to bring up with your priest or your pastor. (laughs) Whatever faith you may follow. (laughs) Give Zoroaster a call and see what he has to say about ghost eating. Just slide a quarter through the screen at confessional and ask your question. You know what, though? Fucking, you guys know the Monkey King? There's a Chinese guy that mm. is a monkey that uh, has a yeah. cudgel that he keeps behind his ear. It can grow to any length. Yeah. And he, Not personally, but but I've heard of him. He's a, he and I went to graduate school together. Oh. I'm looking forward to meeting him now that restrictions are lifting. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> Listen, just don't get cornered by that guy at a barbecue. He'll, uh, yeah, he'll try and convince you that uh, Law and Order is better than The Wire. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Man, I just got mad at that imaginary guy you just described. <laughs> He's out there. He's ready to can corner you, you at a party. That, uh, well, what I was going to say about the Monkey King, so that we can, so we, so we're not leaving anybody hanging. Like right. Beethoven 5 did. It's got a cliff ho- cliffhanger ending. Um, the Monkey King eats some magic peaches that are not unlike the power pills that Pac-Man eats. That's all mm. I'm saying. That mythos actually fits pretty well 
when he breaks into heaven and eats the magic pieces to magic peaches to get gain immortality. Uh, but but what I was going to say is uh, early while I was sitting in that chair waiting for my daughter to fall asleep, I was on Twitter, you know, social mediaing for no reason. And uh, I got mad at an imaginary guy inside my head who doesn't respect Owen Wilson. Mm. I was like, I bet there's people out there who don't respect Owen Wilson. Right. That guy's fucking great. That guy's a treasure. Wow. Does he always pick the best movies? No, but he always gives his all in them. You know what? He went through a lot of shit. He was dealing with with mental health problems. So he had to be in a movie once in a while to cash a check. It doesn't mean that he didn't co-write Rushmore. Sure. Health insurance points. We need them. Sometimes we need them. That's what drives us. Let's get Odeb some points. Get him points. He can't, he can't just take some of Luke's points. They're non-transferable. There's a third Wilson brother, I think. <laughs> I don't know how many points he has. Yeah, he's the guy who looks like Mike Piazza from Rushmore. Sure. <laughs> You're like, what is that, Mike Piazza? And then you find out, no, it's the it's other third Wilson, Wilson brother. brother. I was surprised that you're. I mean, I, I sorry. I'm always. I feel like this is this. Uh, I feel like this is a recent motif of the podcast is me being surprised that kids know about things from when I was a kid. But I'm surprised your daughter knows who Pac-Man is. Uh, first of all, you were not a kid when Pac-Man uh, was around. Uh, you're thinking of Cubert. <laughs> oh later. yeah. Yeah, that was. thinking of Cubert. <laughs> what? We're millennials, goddammit. Yeah, the Cubert generation. <laughs> we know the Contra code. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, why does she know about Beethoven? That's, yeah, a great question. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know where she finds this information other than the website Common Sense Media, of which she is a big fan. Hmm. But she has some beef with common sense media. I'm trying to think of what movie it is that she's so <laughs> upset about. But there's a movie that she really loved that common sense media said was a clunker. And she'll she'll get really mad about that from time to time. She'll sure. say, It is not a clunker. The Land Land Before Time Six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's seen all those fucking Land Before Times. Boy are they bad. Even regular Land Before Times shaky. You sound like common sense media over there, Jesse. What am I? Common sense media calling it <laughs> you know what? I'm not afraid to call out a clunker. <laughs> sure. A lot of clunkers out there. Well, I hope she likes American Tale. Yeah. That's yeah. not a that's not a clunker. Made by the same fine people, right? I think. Uh I think it's I a Don Bluth. Yeah. I don't know They're if both Don Bluth things. Yeah. Does she it's also a have a subscription to um Consumer Reports? <laughs> <laughs> This seems like hand and glove. Yeah. You know what? She was just criticizing my garburator. Right. She said it was a bit of a clunker. <laughs> Real clunker. Predicted reliability on this is not good. Yeah, it's the fucking down arrow. This thing has fucking two down arrows in the little grid. Guys, how come... There's a copyright on Insyncorator, but there isn't one on Garburator. I will admit to not knowing what either of these things is. They're just names for garbage disposal. Oh, interesting. Garburator. Huh. Insyncorator. Insyncorator is cuter because it's more complicated, but Garburator is better. Garburator is good. Fun to say. And every time you use one, you get to experience the sound of a gateway opening to hell. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank you.
That's the dream. That's why we buy houses in the suburbs, Tony. We want to like open I, gates to hell like so that little, we can eat sw- some ghosts. <laughs> waka waka. So you can just Wait, hit so the switch next to the sink. Pac-Man's famous sound. Yeah. Are you saying that the ghosts are Pac-Man? Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and Sue? Stinky? Uh, I don't know. I don't think drinky, 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 drinky. Yes, the drunk (laughs) ghost. Are you saying that they are all come? They are all they are all coming from hell. They are in. They escaped from hell. Drinky, drinky is the ghost who's drunk at her kid's soccer game. Oh yeah, Jordan. I'm just asking the questions. No, you know Tony doesn't have to answer questions about hell. That's the questions that you should be asking Zoroaster. <laughs> right. <laughs> the next time you're sitting down. <laughs> or it's like a compliment sandwich when you when you talk to your pastor. You ask a question about hell. Then you confirm facts about Pac-Man. Then you ask another question about hell. Just so. Yeah. And he's like, well, it's not necessarily a literal place. And uh, yeah, the dots give him power, especially the big dots. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is you just have to put forth what they call a good faith effort to be a good human, and you won't end up there. Yeah, I mean, the big dot also makes him hungry, and he's hungry for fucking ghosts. Phantasms. The big dots are are a metaphor for charity. (laughs) Right. Pac-Man is tithing (laughs) as he goes around the maze. God, this guy all brings everything back to tithing. Yeah. And when he and when he gets the cherries, those are good works. Mm, thank you, thank you. Five hundred points. Okay, look, we've got other shit to do on this show. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. God knows that every single episode of this podcast is brought to you by you, the listener. The listener member. Tony Cliff's here. Tony Cliff is here. You bet. He's stuck stuck around. He's going to talk about advertisements with us. How do you feel about products? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have some. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, well, I guess say. somebody's been going to the Alternative Press Expo <laughs> to sell his zines. Uh, we're also brought to you this week by our friends at Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon is a cereal brand that arrives in a big box at your door, and you're like, ooh, my new Magic Spoon is here. Then you pour, in my case, peanut butter into your bowl, and then you crunch it up because it stays crunchy even in milk. And it's high in protein, and it's not made of grains. Now, I'm going to tell you the honest truth, Jordan. Hmm. I don't know what it's made of, but it's not grains. It does not have grains. It has no grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, 140 calories, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. That's right. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free uh real talk though it is super good it's really good people have been tweeting at me like hey so i bought some of that magic spoon and it really is good i honestly re- as as i said peanut butter is my favorite one uh just as basketball is my favorite sport peanut butter is my favorite magic spoon and uh, in both cases i like the way they dribble up and down the court <laughs> here's what you're gonna do you can build your own box uh, uh available flavors 
to build your own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and a cinnamon. Uh, it, it's it's really tasty. Uh, everything I've tried from Magic Spoon has been really, really good. Uh, I will echo Jesse in my enthusiasm for the peanut butter. Frosted, no slouch either. Uh, go to magicspoon.com slash JJGo and grab your custom bundle and try it today. Uh, be sure to use our promo code JJGo to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. Uh, remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash JJGo and use the code JJGo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. We're also brought to you this week by the good folks at Made In. I just got my Made In pan in the mail, Jordan. I ordered a carbon steel pan. Jesse, I also ordered a Made In carbon steel pan. And you know what? All other pans can pound sand. This is my new favorite pan. That's the famous motto of Made In. All other pans can pound sands can pound pans. Yes. Copyright Made In 2021. Before trying Made In, I had brand loyalty to another pan brand. Yeah. But after trying this pan brand, yeah. I've got a new pan, man. And you got a new pan brand brand. I've got a new pan brand brand. It's made in. Uh, here's 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 what the deal is with these. No, I things. meant the one on your butt. You got made in, seared into your flesh. I did. Yes, I called an old cowboy to yeah. make a custom brand. Mm-hmm. This is getting out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's the deal with made in. Here's what they do. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go from the stovetop to the oven, and their knives are fully foraged, perfectly balanced, and stay sharp. Forged. They're forged, Jordan. Foraged for you. You don't know where they get their metal. They're foraged. All these knives are made from local mushrooms. Yeah. (laughs) They're foraged for your pleasure. By Rene Yastrepi or whatever his name is. They have over 28,000 five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Jordan, here's the thing. So carbon steel is nonstick, like cast iron, but it's also lightweight. But the thing is, is that they mostly use carbon steel in restaurants because it is a real hassle to season carbon steel. And you often, to get it, you either have to buy, like, super, super expensive or you have to be a restaurant person. And what's cool about Made In is they have carbon steel pans that are pre-seasoned and you can get them at direct-to-consumer prices. No middleman prices, no, like, markup for being a fancy thing prices, but you really do get a fancy thing. Made In is offering our listeners 15% off with your first order with promo code JJGo. This is the best discount available anywhere for Made In products. You go to madeincookware.com slash JJGo and use promo code JJGo. You get 15% off your first order. Madeincookware.com slash JJGo, promo code JJGo. These are great pans. They're great pans. Get get a new pan. Other pans can pound sand. Yeah. They sound grand. Sure. <laughs> Much like the slam from Denny's.com.
slash Denny's. Madeincookware.com slash JJ Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And Tony Cliff, mayor of Tiny Town. Yeah, good work. Good job, buddy. Very nice. Way to go. Bringing it to the hoop. Delivering strong. Is Tiny Town in Canada? Um, I spoke to a friend of the show, Alicia Tobin, uh, and talked to her and Jessica Delisle on their Retail Nightmares podcast. Great podcast. Jessica dubbed me the mayor of Tiny Town for reasons that I do not remember. <laughs> hey, go with it. That's but uh, that's two. Yeah, just use that as your podcast nickname. That's great. I've had a sa- I've had a sash made up. <laughs> Good. Wow. You have a sash man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you guys know that the the Monkey King's cudgel <laughs> goes as small as a toothpick? No, but I then didn't it gets so big that right. he can jump between clouds. Man. Fucking catch up, Western religions. Jeez. No, that's how I feel. Like fucking rolling a stone. That's the best shit you can come up with. Uh, this guy ate magic peaches. The water's wine now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a fucking pig friend. Yeah, the meek shall at the mirror. Where's, where's Jesus' pig friend? Thank you. <laughs> Get a pig friend, buddy. Then we'll talk. <laughs> then maybe we'll worship you. <laughs> uh, uh, hello? Uh, is this JC? I'm just calling to let you know that I'm not going to worship you until you get a pig friend. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> How'd you get this number? <laughs> Stop calling me and my wife. <laughs> I, I'm in heaven. I'm trying to eat ghosts. <laughs> Whoop, 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 whoop. That's the sound that Christ makes. <laughs> the three Stooges are here with me. <laughs> Except for Shump, he's in hell. <laughs> yeah, he got drunk at his kid's soccer game. <laughs> what is this? Why do we do this? Who cares? When something... I don't know. <laughs> When something Jesse, all around the world, there are comic artists and writers who need <laughs> this sort of thing yes. desperately, like water, like heaven peaches. Pre-order bubble yeah. today. You're welcome, G. Willow Wilson. <laughs> oh, You're welcome, Box Brown, Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. Oh, guys, do you think Art Spiegelman's listening right now? <laughs> okay. If something momentous happens to you, give us a call, 206-984-4FUN, or send us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Here's something momentous that someone called and left it on a message. Hey, guys, what's going on? Uh, it's Sergeant Peepaw calling from New Jersey. Uh, I just saw a sign in New Jersey that I really had to share with you guys. Um, basically, uh, it was a sign for a man named Jack who was running for governor of New Jersey. The, the tagline was, Let's fix New Jersey. But what I really liked was that there was a website uh, and a hashtag, which was simply uh, Jack for New Jersey. So um, you heard it here, folks. Um, Jack for New Jersey. 
Yeah. What better way to show your support? <laughs> I'm willing to do that. Thanks, Sergeant Peepaw. <laughs> this guy's name was Sergeant Peepaw, I think. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I misheard. Uh, there is a, um, I guess, boy, I don't exactly know what the status of this is, but I guess there is a potential recall election happening in California. They're trying to recall Governor Gavin Newsom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the like kind of wackadoo candidates have already started like running commercials. And there is a guy whose credentials I am unclear on. I think he's probably just a rich guy. Um, and he is like doing these campaign appearances with a bear, with like a, you know, a circus bear or something. Now, Jordan, I want to make clear, this guy is not just a... This guy was, I believe we're thinking of the same guy. This guy was the Republican candidate for governor of the state of California two years ago. Oh, okay. When Gavin Newsom was elected governor. <laughs> so he's an actual politician? Yeah, yeah. A oh. real, a real, a legitimate bear baiting politician. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actual bear. Hey, we've had jacking and we've had baiting. This is He's fun. making appearances <laughs> with a real bear. So his commercials have him with the bear. And, you know, at the end when like, at, of a political commercial, when at the end someone says, you know, I'm so-and-so and I approve this message. They do that. Um, I mean, I should also say that he is likening himself to the bear in these commercials. The idea that, like, Newsom's like a soft snowflake guy and he's like the bear. Yeah, he's like, I mean, that's why he rides around on that tiny motorcycle. Right, <laughs> yes, exactly. That's why he dances while that Russian man plays an accordion. Gavin Newsom will never slap a salmon out of a river. No. <laughs> um, at the end, he's like, I'm so-and-so and I approve this message. I'm the nicest and smartest beast you'll ever meet. The nicest and smartest? It's such a, like, I, 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 it feels like this afterthought where he's like, if I'm comparing myself to a bear, people are going to think I'm dumb and mean. I have to say I'm nice and smart. I'm, a, I'm the good parts of the bear, but also nice and smart. I'm, not, I'm the nicest and smartest. And furry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the nicest and smartest beast you'll ever meet. Salmon slap. Did you see that video with that of that lady who fought a bear off of her fence? No. How'd yeah, that go? I oh, saw it. It's fucking great. What happened? God damn it. it you know crazy. what? Bear comes along walking along the fence. Then the dogs start barking and they run up to the fence. Say, bear, go away, please, respectfully. And then the lady, I assume... I, Tony, I I'm sorry. That. I know you're describing the The dogs are fucking disrespectful as fuck. <laughs> I watched it on a phone. It was really small, hard to yeah, see. That's true. And then the lady, presumably worried about uh, the safety of her dogs, comes out and like, what does she do? She like shoves the bear off the fence. She like, scoops one of the dogs, fucking like a baby lammy, just under her arm, just a one arm scoop, fucking. But she can't get the other one. It's too shifty. It's still fucking with the bear. <laughs> Disrespectful AF. And she knows what's going to happen. This fucking bear is going to is going to figure out that it could eat her or the other dog that, that isn't under under her arm because the other dog's going around doing bullshit. Right. 
she tries to herd the dog back, but then she sees that it's not going to work because this dog's too fast. It's going to come back and fuck with the bear some more. And the bear is on a fence, and she just goes, Whoa! and pushes the bear over the fence to the other wow. side of the fence. Like, go fuck with my neighbor's dogs. <laughs> God, it is great. I was going to say, like, I feel like as problematic as it is for civil liberties... Uh, that we live in a technocracy where too many upper middle class and affluent people have video cameras that live inside their doorbells. And they're using them just to catch FedEx guys picking their nose or whatever. And sometimes uh, they do a little dance. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's fun. It's always a lot What's of fun. good about it, conversely, so the problem is, you, uh, you know, class issues, policing issues... Um, surveillance state issues, who owns our likeness when we're in public, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the plus side, which I honestly think, honestly, I, I think it probably outweighs it, is just shots of a bear being in a human place and then a dog or a person scares it away. Yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> if we can, like, what we've learned is that we can do anything. We should not fear bears. <laughs> yeah. Like, what a beautiful... Okay, play another call, Brian. Jordan, Jesse, vibrant guest. Uh, this is Luke from Seattle calling for your classic segment, Magnet Fishing Updates. Uh, Jesse, you apparently have talked about r slash magnet fishing enough on the show that it has it has wafted into my sort of daily uh, thoughts and vocabulary to such a degree that my partner purchased a magnet fishing kit and uh, we've taken it out a few times now. I haven't done it yet myself, but my kids love it. And we found, like, uh, you know, some bobby pins and BBs and a bottle cap. And uh, they feel like they're saving the environment, and it gives them a project to do, which means I get to actually relax while we're outside having outdoors family time. So thank you for your dedication to r slash magnet fishing, and uh, I'll let you know if we find any rusty bicycles. Thank you. Love the show. Bye. I recently bought my kids a uh, Dragon's Fucking Cars kit. Right. The Reddit kits are very popular. Yeah. So many popular <laughs> kits out yeah. there available. <laughs> if you want to make your Miata look like the Batmobile or, or make a 3D animation of a dragon putting its dragon dick into the <laughs> tailpipe of a, yeah. and of a car. So if you want the, the, the dick to look weirdly kind of fleshy and human, you can do that too. It's all there in the kit. It all there in the everything. kit. It comes with everything you need. Perfectly proportioned ingredients, so there's less food waste. Yeah, it snaps together, too, so you don't have to buy glue, which can be toxic. Does magnet fishing also include that sort of preschool game you can get where you get a like a little tiny... I'm using hand gestures in the video here as if that will come across in audio. <laughs> yeah, there's little there's little plastic fish that are going. Yes, unk, unk, like Pac-Man. Yeah, unk, and they're going and and then you stick your little string down your string stick, yeah. and you try and catch and them using the power of magnets. I think that is. Yeah. I think that is magnets. an intro to magnet fishing. That's how you, how you start. That does like set children up for a life of lonely weirdness. Can I ask you guys a question about magnets? Uh, sure. How do they work? <sighs> Oh, don't ask. No, I was hoping you weren't going to ask that. I was hoping, like, please don't. Because I don't know. I don't know. 
We made fun of the Juggalos, but I don't know. I don't know either. Negatively charged I don't ions? know. I don't know. Yeah. Iron bars? I don't know. Violent J doesn't know? Your daughter shoots bolt up right in bed. <laughs> How to make it work. Yeah. Then you're going to have to figure it out. I don't know. They probably eat ghosts yeah. for all I know. Fucking magic peaches is the only yeah. possible answer. <laughs> Get a pig Get a friend, pig then we'll friend. talk. Press play, Brian. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, wonderful guest, and Sunny D. This is Steven San Diego. I'm calling in for another edition of your segment, Ways My Neighbors Are Scaring Away Crows. Uh, I was just walking my dog, and I saw probably about two dozen crows on a line, a uh, power line in front of me. That's probably about a murder of crows, but I'm not sure. Uh, and then suddenly, from across the street, uh, my neighbor came out and ran at them and started shouting, Owl! Owl! Hoot! Hoot! And I noticed something in his hand, and I realized what it was, was a mop. And on the top of the mop, he had put one of those uh, big plastic scare owls that you put on top of a building. And he was shaking it at them, and it worked. And he seemed pretty impressed that it worked, and it scared these crows away. So uh, if you have crows, maybe get a mop and put an owl on it and shout, owl, owl, hoot, hoot, at them. Love the show. Thank you. Fucking, this is fucking so here's great. what I'm here's here's this what I'm great. doing right now. Here's I'm going to let you in a little bit as to what my process is. Making plans to move to the other next door of this. <laughs> I am. What I'm doing is I'm going back through 13 years of this podcast, taking yeah. stock, and I'm like, how oh, long? No. How have we been doing momentous occasions? What have we got? Kind of what are the all-timers? Are there memorable ones? Because this is the best one, right? Like, this is the best. Yeah. I maybe know it wasn't technically a momentous occasion because it was this call thing we're doing, but I'm grouping it in with calls we've got. And if you just if you take calls as a segment, is this the this is the best one, right? I mean, Garabba was good, but, like, if this, I would say Garabba, if, if this was a story about one of those owls attached to a broom, but it's a fucking mop. You can't, can't beat that. You really can't. The moppy part is flopping around maybe the whole this time. Guy, this guy who was doing this, his understanding of animals is all <laughs> comes from Pokemon to where he thinks they all say their, say their name. Owl, bear, bear, bear. Sheep, <laughs> dog, 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 dog. sheep. Cow, cow. <laughs> human, human, human. <laughs> Fuck, man. That's really good. God, San Diego rules. They got the wild animal park. <laughs> this guy. They got more than one submarine you can go in. Submarines. Tall ships. You can visit tall ships. You wouldn't put... They put um, French fries and burritos. French fries and burritos. Um, yeah, I think they, they got, got a lot of those. They, like, um, I think they do a lot of those like intense Bloody Marys that have like a little burger in them. I don't love Bloody Marys, but I kind of like. I like that. I think that's like a lot of fun. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. pretty good. These guys running around in public, shaking an owl on a mop. God, hoot hoot, hoot owl, 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 hoot hoot. God, hoot hoot, everyone. This guy, <laughs> do you think? Do you think that neighbor knew that he was writing, like, the second best Maurice Sendak right. book? <laughs> like, obviously, In the Night Kitchen is still number one. Sorry where the wild things are. But 
Uh, number two is Owl Owl Hoot Hoot. <laughs> it's like a sequel. It's like a sequel to the sign on Rosie's door, but instead of focusing on Rosie, it focuses on Rosie's uncle. If we do, <laughs> if we do get to go to, um, you know, a Comic Con again this year, you know, in in coming years, I'm. This is who I'm dressing up as. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is my, my Spider-Man. <laughs> Man, remember when we did that Jordan Jesse Go at Max Fun Con? And the other live show at that particular Max Fun Con was an adventure was a, an adventure zone taping. And so there was a some group of the Max Fun Con attendees who were pumped up to do comic con type stuff. You know, like normally there's not a lot of that kind of thing at Max Fun Con. It's mostly like cooking classes. <laughs> but there was probably 12 people who were just there for the Adventure Zone were really pumped to dress up in their witch hats and stuff. And uh, one of those guys came to the Jordan Jesse Go show and he, he was dressed as like a classic 1960s Robin. Yeah. And he was the only guy in an outfit in the whole show. God, that guy fucking ruled awesome. so hard. Awesome. It's like my favorite thing that's ever happened. Just this one, this one, and he and he was like a really good Robin. Like he had that kind of sweet, sweet boyish face and Asian American, so it felt like a twist. Right. But but he had the classic like that kind of like hope of youth. But that Burt Ward G Wiz dude that you need. God, that was great. And it was like the real yellow Robin outfit, you know, like really heavy. Oh, that was fucking great. And you got to be especially bold to go out dressed as a Robin without a Batman. Yeah, that's what's that's a, one of the many fucking tremendous things about this guy. He was real nice. Yeah, I didn't even thought of that. Tony. I thought like, yes, I'm just Robin. <laughs> It's like, can you imagine the self-confidence and assurance you would need for that? Jesus, I mean, that's yeah. like going to fucking Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con. That's like going to New York Comic-Con, dressed as the pig friend, and there's no fucking Monkey King. <laughs> you're like, Journey to the West, you're down a man. Yeah. Well, maybe you can find a nice Jesus there to hook up with. We were at, we were at New York Comic-Con, and I passed Paul F. Tompkins in the hallway, and I said... Hey, great Paul F. Tompkins cosplay, and I got a laugh out of him, and I feel like I feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. keep that with me for a long time. Yeah, it's but really good. honestly, you thought you you said that you the joke for you wasn't that you knew that was Paul F. Tompkins. You were saying it because you thought that was the poster guy from the Antiques Roadshow. Hmm. Spot on. Yeah, beautiful Swan Auction Galleries, Jordan. <laughs> Do we have one more call, Brian? Here we go. Hello, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. I'm going to say Vermin Supreme. I am calling in for your recurring segment, Reverse Cat Calls. Uh, today, while I was at a watermelon eating competition, I got yelled at by one of the other contestants, a woman, saying, is that how you eat pussy? Uh, intimating, apparently, that I eat it aggressively and sloppily, which I find uh, quite offensive, as I consider myself a generous lover. Joke's on her, I won the competition anyway. So, uh, anyway, thank you guys. I love the show. No, you got fucking clowned. Yeah. You're destroyed. Don't don't leave the house, dude. You yeah. eat pussy like that. Sure. Fucking don't show your face at the Kroger. Yeah. Nobody wants to look at you. 
man. I don't like. Jordan, I love I the idea. To... I love the idea of a of a, of a watermelon contest heckler. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, I hate. You know that I hate to take down a collar. I'm celebrating the breadth and the love that these people these people right. put it all on the line, mm-hmm. calling into us. We owe them something. Absolutely. You know, they're naming guests that are a, a guy that wears a boot on his head and runs for office as a libertarian they're they're showing that this, that's this guy that he said vermin supreme oh right I and, was, yeah that was i <laughs> you know who i was thinking of i was thinking of the ninja turtle villain rat king yeah <laughs> the guy who lived in but the that, sewer and could communicate telepathically with rats i thought that's who this guy was saying but that's was. just what you think all of our guests are, all our callers are talking yeah, about. Yeah, sorry. Racking won't return my texts, and <laughs> I'm just kind of, I've got him on the brain. But my point is that this guy, this guy should frankly never leave the house again, because whenever anyone looks at him, all they're going to think about is how aggressively and ungraciously he eats pussy. To heckle such a wholesome event, like to go to a, <laughs> some like a county fair... And, like, yeah. are you also heckling the kids who are doing the, like, place-setting competition? Yeah, they're showing off their bunnies for 4-H. Yeah. Hey, is that how you Look eat pussy? And it's just a kid holding up a rabbit's haunches. I'm demonstrating the haunches. <laughs> the ears fall at an ideal angle. You need to learn how to munch wise. box. What? <laughs> I'm just showing God, off you, my biting my the big... clitoris? Just showing off my gourd. <laughs> I'm in the gourd contest here. Not the get made fun of for my pussy eating contest. Yeah, you know. Jesus Christ, man. This is a nice gourd I grew. Yeah. I put seven up on it every day. <laughs> is that how you, you get them pour so seven big? up on there. Really? If you want to get a nice big gourd. I do. If you're lucky, you get a couple of nice big gourds also, out there to stay fair. When you're preparing to eat your lover's pussy, just pour a little seven up on there. <laughs> well, we've learned a lot today. <laughs> About what what really goes down at the fucking state fair. Right. 206. 9844 fun. Can I tell you what I was worried about? I legitimately what? got worried about what if do they give you a seedless watermelon or do you also have to spit out or eat all the seeds? Oh yeah, that's a that's a terrific question. Yeah, I wonder if you're doing a watermelon eating contest, what what of the seeds? Or yeah, I bet you get I mean, maybe it's two different competitions. Maybe there's a seedless yeah. division seeded and a and seeded division. Is the goal to go fast? Yeah. Yeah. To like really get through yeah. that watermelon. Yeah. Well, and mm-hmm. to give your lover a full body orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you get one of these watermelons that they call a squirter. Some people oh, say boy. that's a myth, but it's real. Well, sure. Greg finished first, but James over here, his watermelon was trembling. So, yeah. <laughs> this might be a tie. I mean, Tony, is the your question is is it just how fast can you eat it? The answer is no. They style points. <laughs> right. Yeah, the points for enthusiasm. <laughs> you have to seem like you're liking eating the watermelon. <laughs> you got to bring some flair to sure. it. Sure. Which parts of this are just about how watermelon eating contests are kind of funny thing and then which parts are about pussy? 
I, I kind of lost track. Yeah, I kind of did. Wait, watermelons? <laughs> what? <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. From the internationally acclaimed creators of Who Shot Ya comes the movie podcast Maximum Film, starring producer and film festival programmer Drea Clark as a woman bound by passion. I saw this eight months ago on the festival circuit, and I loved it. Film critic Alonzo Duralde as a man corrupted by greed. Why watch one Hallmark Christmas movie when I can watch seven? And comedian Ifiwadiwe as a man protecting a love that society simply won't accept. I think Pacific Rim is a perfect movie. And if you can't accept that, then I want you out of my life! From the makers of the movie podcast Who Shot Ya comes Maximum Film. That's right, we changed the name of our show to Maximum Film. But don't worry, we're still a movie review show that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. So tune into Maximum Film at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Does our podcast deep dive into the weirdest Wikipedia pages we can find? Yes. Do we learn about scam artists, remote islands, horrible mascots, beautiful diseases, and mythical monsters? Yes, 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 absolutely, and yes. Do we retain any of this knowledge? Eh, probably not. I'm Emily Heller. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. We make art and comedy and TV shows and also the podcast Baby Geniuses. For the past eight years, we've been trying to learn new things about the world and each other every episode. But let's be honest, this podcast is mostly about two friends hanging out, shooting the breeze, and making each other laugh. We're horny, we like gardening and horses, and we get real stupid on here. But like, in a smart way. Yeah. Join us every other week on Maximum Fun. Baby It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Tony Cliff, mayor of Tiny Town. So I get I have this app on my phone called Live Auctioneers. It's for local local auctions. In your area? In my area. I like to keep track of them. I see what's going on at John Moran. You yeah. know what I mean? Hughes Hughes auctions. Yeah, I'll keep I'll keep an eye on that. Maybe my favorite around town's the A Bell. Okay. You know about that. I, I don't, but I, I've, if I'm ever looking for an auction. Right now, they're handling the estate of Carol Channing. Wow. Which uh, is the greatest fucking shit in history. She has so many awards in this estate. Just her house must have just been completely silver plate cups, you know, that say whatever. But what I want to bid on and win is a white fireman helmet says baltimore fire department honorary fire chief carol channing (laughs) wow honorary fire chief she's she just called her agent she said i'm gonna be in baltimore that's my carol channing impression by the way (laughs) okay like it hey jesse what would it sound like if carol channing talked to donald duck uh hi it's me carol channing <laughs> Sorry, something's wrong with my microphone. Do you want me to do that? Yeah, again? actually, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't quite get that. Maybe my internet's down. I don't know if the zoom just, is being weird. I just picture Carol Channing calling her agent, like getting her agent on the horn, and she's like, "My cousin's getting married in Baltimore. Call the fire department. I want a hat." <laughs> God, I gotta become a Broadway legend. I know it'd be fucking great. There's still time, right? 
I think we still could. We could still become successes in show business, Jordan. <laughs> a few things would have to break our way. Uh, we'd have to get more talented. Yeah. But um, I think it's still within our grasp. Yeah. I mean, Dennis Farina, that guy was just, that guy was a Chicago cop until he met David Mamet. Sure. There you go. All we have to do is meet David Mamet, who might be canceled. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we want to meet David Mamet anymore. No, yeah. Whoever the uncanceled David Mamet is, or the the yet-to-be-canceled David Mamet. Jonathan Katz. There you go. (laughs) His best friend from college. He's totally not canceled and is a delight. There you go. Can't wait to meet that guy. I think we've met him already. Yeah. They both like to pitch New Yorker cartoons. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's not a gag I wrote. That's a real thing about them. I believe it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tony Cliff, it's been a joy to have you on the program. Thank you very much for having me. Of course, you're the author of the Delilah Dirk series uh, about a globetrotting, tomb raiding, swashbuckling, 19th century brash adventurous. Mm, that is true. I don't need to tell anybody that because God, God, God knows... They see it coming. Our audience has already placed their orders for the seeds of good fortune and the treasure of Constantinople. Because Jordan has (laughs) talked them up on the show many times. True. But you're also, perhaps most importantly, the artist behind the new upcoming best-selling comic book, Bubble. Can you tell me, where do you get your ideas? (laughs) I I will tell you, it's real nice not to have to draw a tall ship. Yeah. God, you're so bored of that Master and Commander (laughs) fucking adaptation you were working on. How many fucking (laughs) ways are there to describe ropes? (laughs) Next time somebody asks me where I get my ideas, I'm going to be like, I get my best shit when I'm face deep in a juicy watermelon. (laughs) 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 Oh, this one's a squirter. (laughs) (laughs) Shemp, what are you doing here? Wait, and why did you bring Carol Channing? We're back from hell and we're all eating pussy. (laughs) Who cares, right? (laughs) Whatever. Fuck it. What's a show anyway? The big dots make you powerful. Yeah. Um, Uh... That was that was one of when when Tony and I first started working on uh, working on the bubble graphic novel. We're like, okay, well, what's gonna like, what are we gonna keep from the podcast? What are we gonna change? And I'm like, I kind of like wanted to change the setting a little bit to kind of like a seafaring thing. And then he just immediately said, "Fuck no." Well, I went down to so, San Diego, saw that tall ship there that they have anchored next to the submarine, yeah. took a look yeah, at it, and said, yeah. "Jordan, can we please reconsider?" <laughs> I am not yeah. drawing that thing. <laughs> I looked at all the ropes. That tall sheep is the real so you tall say ship sheep. Now? From you say yeah. sheep now instead of ship. <laughs> I didn't want to make Brian edit it out, so I just that's my new thing. All right. Just you know, call it your new thing. Sure. That's the real tall ship from Master and Commander. Yeah. That one in San Diego next to the submarine. Yes, the HMS Surprise. God. Does every city have a submarine now? <laughs> well, ours is underwater. Yeah, right. Harder to see. He can't go in it. Yeah, makes sense. But Vancouver's got to have nautical ship coming out the porthole, right? (laughs) You guys ever take a watermelon up the porthole? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wife won't put a watermelon up the porthole unless it's my birthday. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, ghosts. (laughs) 
Why are we still doing this? Uh, Tony Cliff, the artist behind Bubble, don't be a dumbass. Go order Bubble. Uh, if you order it from uh, if you order it from Book Soup here in Los Angeles, uh, you can ask and they'll they'll have Jordan sign it for you, baby. Yeah, si- I, I signed, personalized. Uh, I'll do. I'll do. You want me to sign it as Herbal Tea Calman? I'll do it. I'll, I'll. I'll. You want me to sign it as Cotton Candy Randy? I'll do it. I will degrade myself in any way you want. Yeah. Uh, Tony, you have a similar uh, indie bookstore where you'll, if they pre-order it there, you'll draw a little picture, right? You betcha. Yeah. There's a there's a shop in Vancouver called Pulp Fiction Books. All one word, I think, Pulp Fiction. Uh, For some strange reason, it is also cheaper for them to ship to America than it is to ship across, like, from from their store in Canada to another address in Canada. What a time it is to be alive. But, uh, yeah, give them a a pre-order. I'll go in and uh, do a little drawing and, uh, you know, dedicate it and all these lovely things. And you can have that in your book. Yeah, right there. I think that's a nice thing to have in a book. I like that. Me too. Makes it real embarrassing when you donate it to the Goodwill. Extremely. <laughs> yeah. I listen. Hey, if you're listening out there, I don't want to see a single fucking bubble in a Goodwill. <laughs> if I go into a Goodwill and I see a bubble, if I go into a Friends of the Library store and I see a bubble, I'm going to go fucking apeshit. Taking that cudgel out from behind my ear. Yeah. <laughs> going to get my pig friend. <laughs> Uh, hey, I wanted to put a bow on something. Um, we have been shouting out independent bookstores where people have been pre-ordering Bubble. That is coming to a close. People can still pre-order it, but uh, shouting them out on the show is coming to a close. And I'm going to announce a winner. Uh, the store where people have pre-ordered the most from, which I will be going to with my own money to sign some books. Here are the final indie bookstores. Space Cowboy Books in Joshua Tree, California. Dragon's Lair Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. Bookies in Homewood, Illinois. Sequel Bookshop in Kearney, Nebraska. Brilliant Books in Traverse City, Michigan. Riverstone Books in Pittsburgh, PA. Danger Room Comics in Olympia, Washington. Changing Hands Bookstore in Phoenix, Arizona. Book and Puppet Company in Easton, PA. That's specific. (laughs) How could that not win this contest? Carol and John's Comic Book Shop in Cleveland, Ohio. Shout out to both Carol and John. Uh, Main Street Books in Lafayette, Indiana. Comics Connection in York, PA. Politics and Prose from Washington, D.C. Fucking strong showing from Politics and Prose in this contest. Uh, Community Bookstore in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Secret Crisis Comics in Chelsea, Michigan. Fucking great name. Earth 2 Comics in Northridge. Another great name. Alameda Sports Cards and Comics in beautiful Alameda, California. Uh, White Whale Bookstore in Pittsburgh, PA. Uh, Epic Books in Hamilton, Ontario. Reader's Books in Sonoma, California. East Bay Booksellers in Oakland. Uh, A Room of One's Own in Madison, Wisconsin. Gibson Bookstore in Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, Mosaic Books in Kiloa, BC. Uh, Okay, Fantastic in Copenhagen. Oh, that's nice. Uh, Superscript Comics and Games in Lakewood, Ohio. The Learned Owl in Hudson, Ohio. Uh, and Mojo's Books and Records in Tampa, Florida. Um, some trends. Massachusetts did very well in this. Uh, Mass- it probably would have been a place in Massachusetts, but it was so spread out. A lot of bookstores. Um, strong showing from uh, Minneapolis. Um, you know, fucking Brooklyn killed it. Uh, great job, Brooklyn. But you spread it out over too many places. 
Um, uh, the winner. How did Kelowna do? Kelowna? Um, poorly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty small town in the interior of the yeah. province. Uh, so I think to, I think to show it all. No, it's you're right. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. I and mean, we should adjust for it. We should adjust for population, of course, in these things. Uh, Portland did well. Very spread out over many, 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 many bookstores. Um, but the uh, winner in this case uh, started out strong, and just nobody ever caught up. Changing Hands Bookstore in Phoenix, Arizona. Congratulations, Changing Hand Bookstores in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm. Mm. Uh, um, mm. A wonderful bookshop. I will be getting out there at some point to sign some books. Uh, hey, Jordan, this summer, yeah. why not visit Phoenix, Arizona? Yeah, <laughs> I will. <laughs> Ooh, it'll be real hot. <laughs> oh, man, it's going to be super hot. And Alice Cooper's restaurant is closed. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Our producer is Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design, and Light in the Attic Records. You can find us on Reddit at MaximumFun.Reddit.com at dragonsfuckingcars.reddit.com. You can email us at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Call us at 206-984-4FUN. Go pre-order Bubble. Do yourself a favor. You made it through all those fucking plugs. Go, yeah. Go order the damn thing. If we're, Did you not fast-forward the plugs, but you still haven't ordered the book? Come on. Yeah. Let's, let's do this. It's going to come right to your house. Yeah. This book. Or you can go pick it up. That's fun too. It might show up early. That happens. Does it? Yeah. And then and then you're in for a real surprise. It's just like that's two hundred and sixty some odd pages of pure delight showing up unannounced. You know who's gonna love it? The person at the counter at that bookstore. They're tired of selling the purpose driven life. <laughs> right. I worked in a bookstore. I know what that's yeah. like. They do want somebody to come in there and, and order Bubble. They say, oh, I like Bubble, too. I'm a person that works at a bookstore, the librarian of retail. Yeah. <laughs> Save your local bookseller from the drudgery of constantly ordering the purpose-driven life. <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.